Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky, and disturbing children's books, films, and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and today we're going to be starting our journey into Goosebumps with two books, The Werewolf of Fever Swamp and Werewolf Skin. Enjoy! I'm R.L. Stein. Oh, what? No, you're not. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> please, please, please don't trick our listeners into thinking that we've got an exclusive interview with R.L. Yeah. Stein. Because we have. <laughs> but he did introduce the um, the episode, the werewolf of Fever Swamp. He did very with a very genial introduction. I yeah, it was um, it was pretty uh, pretty calm. Pretty, uh, not not very not very scary. No, but I liked that. Like he wasn't sensationalist mm. about it. Like I don't know. I, have you seen much of Tales of the Unexpected? No, because the early series, which you know, based on Roldar's stories, he introduces. Oh, okay. And I don't know. There's just something a bit off about that Roldar. <laughs> you, <know, laughs> you, you don't really feel like you're in for a comfortable viewing like there's something not i don't want to say smarmy because that's not quite it i don't quite know what the word is but mm. um and you know like hitchcock i mean hitchcock was a bit of a creep obviously um but it's not so much that it's just hitchcock always seems so kind of pleased with himself he's so you know he's always putting on a show a bit of a sort of pt barnum character i think hitchcock whereas you know rl stein i appreciate it you know you can tell that he's an author right yeah. Like, he's not much of a performer. He's just like, oh, hello, I'm R.L. Stein. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wrote this. It's about werewolves. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... I was... Uh, I don't think I ever realised that he was a real person. What? What? Until, <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> literally until, like, last week. Yeah, until I watched this episode. I don't... I didn't what? really ever imagine him as a man... R- r- with you, glasses r- r- rather as a, fo- a force of nature a, a force of children's horror <laughs> yeah sort of impersonal yeah yeah i don't i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, mean, I was kind of surprised to see him in his corporeal form yeah well you know one of his corporeal forms i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure i mean i i feel like either with the first original run of Goosebumps, which I think is the first 60 books yeah. or so. Um, either they're all written by the man himself, R.L. Stein, the real man that we mm. see, or they're written by a team of authors. But yeah. they have an incredibly, for what it's worth, consistent writing style, right? Yeah. So I was quite struck because we've read as companion pieces, The Werewolf Fever Swamp, and that's number 14, and mm. Werewolf Skin, which is number 60. And 
There are differences between them, which we'll discuss, but they read in a very similar style, right? Yeah, yeah. He's pumped out a lot of them between one and the other, and yet it still very much feels like Goosebumps, and it still reads in the same way. So either, you know, they're all the same guy, or at least those early books are all the same guy, or else they had a very, very kind of strict in-house style. Yes, and I, I feel maybe by the time we get to werewolf skin, there's a little bit of strain on the on the formula <laughs> happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that's, that's fair. <laughs> um, but what are your... Well, should we say what Goosebumps is for all of those people who have been living in a Goosebumps cave? Um, it's just uh, ubiquitous children's horror phenomenon of the 90s. Yeah, like these were everywhere, right? Like yeah. if you had like a school library or a library yeah. van or like, like they're always filled with Goosebumps books. I think I mostly got mine from the school library because I don't think my parents were exceptionally keen. <laughs> I can't imagine there are many parents, to be fair, yeah. for different reasons, you know, I'm sure some ideological, some aesthetic, but I can't imagine there are many <laughs> parents who are like, yes, oh, yes, my kid loves Goosebumps, this is great. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I don't think parents of the 90s generally. No, I mean, they had like, they have these kind of awful covers that are all like, <laughs> just like dripping slime and bubbles and like leering um yeah puppets and we need to really delve into the 90s obsession with slime (laughs) 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 like i feel there must be kind of deep socio-psychological reasons right for why the 90s specifically was Mm. very into lurid colored slime and gunk yeah yeah um is it some kind of sign of late stage capitalism (laughs) 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 yeah slime i mean uh, yeah i'll try i'll try not to intellectualize it against all my my impulses (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i I mean and the werewolf of fever swamp has some some slime because it's in a swamp so it has a has bog yeah i mean uh, what's your cover is yours the original oh, cover? Um, it doesn't. I'm uh, I'm reading it on the Kindle actually. Oh weirdly my enough. word! Oh, I, yeah. I can't even imagine reading Goosebumps on the Kindle. Was bizarre. Yeah, I know. It was because I didn't. I messed up ordering the books. You mean and you I didn't, had to ta- get you it didn't quickly. have your prize complete collection of Goosebumps? <laughs> <on hand>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was, who even are you? Am I like three foot long? Like. <laughs> well, your your basement stacks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know if I ever owned all that many of them, but uh... I, I I don't think I owned all that many because I imagine like many kids. Again, I also got them. I got them from Ipswich Library in town, mm. um, rather than the school library. I don't think our, our school library had a lot of fighting fantasy books. So I got uh, my fighting fantasy books yeah. from the school library. But um, in terms of choose your own adventure books and Goosebumps books. Um, I'm pretty sure I got them from the uh, local library in town. Mm. Uh, what what cover do you have? Okay, so the cover I have is, I think, the original. It's got sort of evanescent goo. It's got a kind of goo colour gradient going on. <laughs> it, lo- it looks like the kind of most 
lurid PowerPoint background slide imaginable. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sort of orange at the top, and then it uh, segues tastefully into pink, and then uh, rather abruptly into green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all sort of bobbly slime goop. And then out of the middle of it uh, erupts the head of the protagonists, <laughs> I assume, who looks oddly... Um, Oddly, like the uh, S- Steve, is he the one in Stranger Things, like the cool one with the eighties hair, Steve? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think that's I Steve, like, yeah, the, the boyfriend. Yeah, 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 he looks like Steve. Okay, um, and then he, so he's got this sort of quiff, nineties quiff going on, and then the quiff kind of merges with another head, the, the fur of a <laughs> werewolf head, which is also poking out of the the goop next to his head. Wow. Okay. Um, it's pretty grotesque, and his face is making this really weird one eyebrow raised smirk, <laughs> which is wholly in it. I mean, a lot of Goosebump protagonists are quite smirky, mm. admittedly. Like, they're often quite sort of smug, but um, I don't really, you know, he's trapped in get your own back style mm. goop with a disembodied werewolf head. You'd think he'd look scared, but he doesn't. He, he's fine. He, with yeah. It. <laughs> And then, of course, beneath that, it has the ubiquitous reader beware, you're in for a scare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, So what what are your memories? Do you remember reading any of them specifically as a kid? Um, I didn't read either of these ones, I'm pretty sure. Um, No, I think I read the Choose Your Own Adventure werewolf one as well, Night in Werewolf Woods but I yeah. don't think I read these two. The ones that um, I have strongest memories of are the Carnival of Horror <laughs> series. <laughs> um, and I also really liked um, The Ghost Next Door. That was one I read a lot. I think because it wasn't too scary. <laughs> yeah, it's generally regarded as a sort of uncharacteristically melancholic goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it was quite a, it was quite a good one that. Um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll have a look at that one another time. Mm. Um, and I, as we mentioned last episode, I generally avoided the ones that seemed too scary and read uh, mostly very silly ones like the Blob who ate everyone that and um, yeah the chicken one. <laughs> yeah, I I. I've- think i read the chicken one too which is just like someone gets turned into a chicken yeah right yeah yeah That's... no it's pretty awful because like <laughs> they start like i don't know just like Re- remember folks it's veganism january <laughs> oh. <laughs> they start um <laughs> and we're like like clucking sort of involuntarily it's uh it's a little bit awful um i don't know yeah, this transformation this body horror one of the characters lays a big egg uh, on the lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I remember reading the Monster Blood books, really. I remember, mm. I think, Monster, Monster Blood 2, specifically, I believe. Um, yeah. There's one where the Monster Blood, you think they've escaped, and then the Monster Blood ends up sluicing down the aisle of a, um, mm. the aeroplane, the characters are right. at the end. Um, I I remember Slappy and I remember being quite scared of Slappy and I also remember my brother and 
when he was young, he wouldn't have wanted me to give out this information. Uh, you know, he's now in his mid-twenties, and he's got over this fear, so I think it's probably, okay if I don't give his name, you know, okay. <laughs> um, he was very scared of the episode, uh, TV adaptation of It Came From Beneath the Sink. Oh, yeah. And which is basically about an alien that happens to look like a kitchen sponge. Mm. And this gave him, for a while, a phobia of kitchen sponges. Yeah. Yeah, so ah, um, yeah. if the kitchen sponge was out or it was, you know, under the sink, uh, yeah, he, he he would get very upset. Um, oh. So, yeah, uh, an unusual phobia. But it is quite a scary episode, mm. actually, mm. unusually. I, I don't know, there's... I guess sponge textures are kind of weird <laughs> and strange and alien. Um, you know, they do come from you know deep beneath the sea, I guess, and a lot of deep sea creatures look pretty damn weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like that one in particular because um, the way that they defeat the sponge is... The idea is the sponge absorbs negative emotions, uh-huh. right? So it feeds off negative energy. Mm. And so... Um, you know, the more scared they get, the more they hate the sponge, the stronger it grows. Mm-hmm. And so the way they win at the end is by cradling the sponge <laughs> in their arms and singing it lullabies Aww. as as though it were a little baby. Um, but, 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 the spon- but the sponge hates this because you know, like, it, no, you can't. It, no, yeah, fear yeah, me. No, no, yeah. Yeah, don't love me, fear me. <laughs> Aww. So so it sort of shrinks down to the size of a normal sponge and then the dog eats it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's quite good. Um, but yeah, I, I, like you, I remember not reading quite a few of them because the cover scared me too much. So <laughs> The Cuckoo Clock of Doom, I definitely didn't read. <laughs> it's just got... A cuckoo clock, but then with a real cuckoo oh. that just looks horrendous. Yeah, no, that like, one's you know, leering out of it. Um, definitely didn't didn't go for that one. And I think I started say cheese and die. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I got very far. I think once the premise of you take photographs, you see what awful things are going to happen. I think that probably tied in. Like I remember. Um, hopefully, most of our listeners will have watched Amelie at some point. Uh, presumably, like, you know. There was a time when everyone had seen Amelie, I think. Yeah. Um, but there's a bit when Amelie's a kid and she has... Um, well, a, a, a camera's given to her and the mm. film's been used, so it's an empty camera, and so she goes around pretending to take photos of things with it. And then she takes a photo of some cars and there's a, they crash, mm. and her neighbour very cruelly tells her that her taking the photographs caused the crash. Yeah. And then she watches the news that evening and everything bad she sees on the news she believed was caused by her taking photographs. Yeah. And I, ve- I absolutely had very similar beliefs as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember seeing, I think it was the famine in Ethiopia mm. at the time and believing that I'd caused it by thinking about it and that the more I thought about, say, starvation in Ethiopia, the more that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, the idea of this camera that somehow taking the photograph condemns the subject <laughs> yeah. of the photo to death was a very disturbing one for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely, I, th- I think I had a, a sort of similar thing because I definitely did a lot of, I, I had some sort of warding off rituals around that kind of age when I was uh, uh, 
reading Goosebumps. So yeah. I think uh, I think that idea would have definitely played into my my fears as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I have more vivid. So I have more vivid memories of the books and the covers, especially, and then mm. some kind of muddled memories of the TV program. Like I certainly remember Slappy from the TV, mm. um, who's the evil ventriloquist dummy, because I remember they defeat him in one of the episodes by pushing him onto his back. And then he's just like, lift me up, lift me up. And they're like, no, obviously not, Slappy. You're an evil homicidal dummy. We were just going to... And he's like, lift me up. They're like, no, no, we're not. So they just leave him. So I, I thought it was a nicely kind of pragmatist way of defeating him. Um. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I remember the intro mm. scaring me quite a lot especially when the dog's eyes oh flashed, yeah yeah like flashed red or green or whatever they do <laughs> and and in in the intro rl stein is pictured before you actually see him introduce the episode he's pictured as this sort of shadowy men in black figure you know in a, in a sort of black suit with a with a briefcase yeah. and then as the music crescendos you know that the briefcase opens and all the loose leaf pages of the Goosebumps book sort of blow out into the world, contaminating the landscape, turning things evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Such, such is the power of literature. <laughs> <laughs> mm. If we're willing to extend that term to, to Goosebumps, mm. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair to say that this is definitely... Um, I don't want to say the schlockiest, although that probably is true. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is very much aimed for kids of a certain age, and you know, reading them as an adult has a certain nostalgia value. But you know, if you're an adult listening to this and have never read Goosebumps, you're now like, oh yeah, I'm going to get into reading Goosebumps. Like, mm. If I'm honest, I probably wouldn't bother. <laughs> yeah, I think we're. Uh relying quite a lot on nostalgia for this one yeah <laughs> yeah it, 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 this isn't eliza bell craze no stuff, you know? <laughs> um so, so shall i give a it? yeah a little i mean i've written a summary of the werewolf of phoebe swamp it is a summary of the whole book <laughs> because um that's okay yeah. i think i think there's no need for spoiler warnings here no. really um, so yeah, please, please do. Okay. So in the, the Werewolf of Fever Swamp, our protagonist Grady and his family have just moved to Florida from Vermont uh, because his father wants to study the effects of the Floridian swamps on swamp deer. Uh, then Grady starts hearing spine-chilling howls in the night and comes across dismembered animals in the swamp, and he becomes convinced that the hermit who lives in a shack in the swamp is a werewolf. But little does he know, the real werewolf is his friend Will, who attacks him in the woods and then disappears. And the book ends with Grady as the new werewolf, joyfully howling at the swamp under the full moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a nice description. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know, not a huge amount happens in this book, but um, it's it's quite atmospheric, I thought. Yeah, I think. The strength of the book probably comes from it's set in Florida. Mm. Um, so the two kids, Brady and his sister, have just moved 
their parents were scientists to Florida. And I think it does get a lot out of the swamp setting. I mean, R.L. Stein seems to be quite keen to stress that, okay, yeah, wolves aren't really native to Florida swamps. Bear <laughs> with me here. Like, I think, I think perhaps, if anything, he overstresses it. <laughs> oh, wolves in Florida? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's quite a lot of that. Um, but, yeah. But he gets quite a lot of that kind of southern gothic mm. um, swamp setting. So, yeah, you know, you get the sense of the swamp as this stinky, sucking kind of place being as a hot and humid and wet and moist mm -hmm. huge and leaves nice descriptions and... yeah descriptions of the leaves and mosquitoes and things like that so it is quite atmospheric as it goes I think. Mm. yeah i certainly found it more atmospheric than the suburbia of werewolf skin yeah mm. um so it doesn't at this stage feel generic you know mm -hmm. it certainly feels like yeah, there's some enjoyment in describing this location, which is nice. Um, but as you say, not that much happens. I mean, mostly what propels the book is there's definitely a werewolf and we don't know who it is. Mm. But there's a surprisingly small amount of threat. like mm. And quite a lot of family drama. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, actually, and family drama isn't something I especially associate with Goosebumps. Yeah. Like, domestic conversation, and there is quite a lot of that, actually, you're right, mm. in Fever Swamp. And there's this sort of, yeah, theme with the, the parents are kind of rationalists, they're both scientists, and so they say, no, there's no such thing of werewolves, but um, you also have the kind of local folk legends about werewolves, so you, you have this idea of these uh, people coming from an urban setting moving into this far more rural setting right and this conflict of belief systems basically mm. um which i mean it plays out i guess i don't, <laughs> I don't think there's any any particular commentary to be had um, yeah i mean it's relatively pacey yeah i felt that the werewolf skin dragged it to me in a way that fever swamp didn't drag yeah i think uh, fever swamp is the better the better book definitely um, yeah i do feel like there's only so much you can do with werewolves though like i don't find i kind of like in the company of wolves the film adaptation of some of angela carter's stories which i think oh, we watched together. yes yes we did yeah although i remember the only thing that really scared us was a kind of big hulking humanized doll with a really flat face <laughs> i was just about <laughs> to mention that yeah this this strange slab-faced doll yeah <laughs> i remember that being the only thing that really bothered us in the whole film uh, <laughs> yeah but i do think werewolves like because basically they're only as scary as wolves are right mm. and wolves are kind of scary like there's a threat of wolves, but actually, like, because when a human becomes a werewolf, generally speaking, I mean, they play about with this a little bit in werewolf skin, but generally speaking, they're just wolves, right? Werewolves aren't especially intelligent. Mm. They're just wolves. So they almost might as well not be werewolves. They might as well just be wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is why I guess a lot of werewolf things uh, put a lot of stock in the transformation, I guess. Yeah, because once they're transformed, they're just going to do wolf stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and don't, don't, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not saying that if I, I lived 
out in a shack and I knew there were wolves roaming around, I'd be kind of scared. <laughs> but that's a fairly kind of rational, sensible fear. <laughs> right? In fact, in many ways, right, werewolves are a lot less dangerous and scary than real werewolves because half of the time they're not wolves, <laughs> whereas wolves are wolves all of the time, yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. So really, werewolves are 50% less scary than wolves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, oh, it, unless we, we agree that humans are, are the real evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not like vampires, right? Like vampires have kind of magic abilities, essentially. Mm. You know, like they're humans with extra scary abilities and sociopathy, essentially, right? Mm. And they're really predatory. So I can see why why vampires are scary. And, I mean, mummies are sort of scary, I guess. I mean, they're slow, generally speaking. But, you know, they're, they're, they're rotting. They're mm. you know, contamination fears. But werewolves, werewolves are more just sad, really. Like... <laughs> Is that is that a very ninety werewolves are just sad? <laughs> no, I mean I think maybe this is because my main werewolf like exposure um is um Harry Potter. Ah. <laughs> and like you know, Lupin's a very sympathetic character who you just feel sorry for that he has this this affliction, you <laughs> know. Well, I wouldn't know because being too cool for school, I was too busy reading my Goosebumps books, not my Harry Potter books. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did go. There was a nice sort of Harry Potter exhibition in uh, the British Museum, I think, or the no, uh, the British Library. Yeah. Um, in 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 London, which I did go to um, for my friend's birthday mm. a few months back, and that, that was pretty good, I guess. Like. Um, but mostly because it had lots of alchemy stuff, like, <laughs> you know, alchemical scrolls, which was good. I think this is definitely a thing. Like all my friends who are just a few years older than me tend to not have read Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone who's my age your or age younger, or a year younger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like did you did you play Neopets? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, it's like everyone of your age, exactly <laughs> everyone who is now just now into their late. 20s but not yet 30 yeah has pl- played neopets as a kid <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I actually think i'm trying to think you know i've dated say half a dozen people right i think every one of those people <laughs> has played neopets because they were like you know two or three years younger than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i mean i don't really wait wait, wait we, we won't talk about neopets <laughs> Sure, there are some great horror-themed Neopet mini games. Oh but, yeah, uh... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole. I like, know, oh, no, that's not. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so so let's talk about how Fever Swamp's adapted. So, um, I found it fairly dull in TV form. It, it's it's a two-parter, so it does get a bit drawn out. I think. Mm. Um, so we, we start with R.R. Stein's introduction. Yeah, I, d- I did like that, the Garth Marenghi. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I, I noticed for the first time, I think, that when the, uh, the dog's eyes flash in the introduction, there's barking on the soundtrack to the melody, you know, to the oh, tune wow. of the theme tune. That, that's quite good. Yeah. Um, but... 
Yeah, I didn't make that many notes on it. <laughs> no, me neither. Um. <laughs> Basically, like, I've written scare chords, um, <laughs> exclamation mark, which to be expected. And I quite like the fact that there seemed to be a lot of dry ice going on <laughs> in the swamps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a bit. I was a bit concerned. I, 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 this millennial anxiety. I spend a fair amount of time thinking. Hmm, is dry ice bad for the environment? I can't remember. <laughs> is it okay to pump out this much dry ice into a swamp? Yeah. Which I think goes to show that it's not a very exciting episode. <laughs> that my brain was quite taken up with this question. Um, pretty much one of the only things I have written down is that I quite liked that. Um, Grady's friend Will was like, "Oh yeah, that silver bullets thing's a myth. The werefolk invented that themselves to stop poor people hunting them." I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's quite a nice bit. That's pretty film, smart. Really. Yeah, and that was written in. That's not in the book. Yeah. Um, they they also had quite good faces. I thought, like, I mean, I don't want to insult a child actor's face. <laughs> mm. Full stop. Full stop. I don't. Yeah. Um, but he he he. He just has quite an unusual face, his friend Will. Like, yeah. he's slightly pug- pug-nosed, I guess. But, I don't know. I think he looks... He just looks slightly unusual in a way that mm. um, you kind of think, oh, this is a, a slightly odd kid. <laughs> um, but, I don't know. He's, he's, he's a well-chosen actor, I think. He was quite good. Mm. Um, there was a bit I really liked in the book where um where will and uh and grady meet for the first time um because yeah. they're both 12 but then will's like i thought maybe you were 11 i mean you look kind of young <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> such an accurate childhood power play like the equivalent of the business cards in american psych yeah <laughs> oh Oh, you, I thought you were 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shot through the heart! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. Oh, the, 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 only, the only bit that happens, another, well, not the only bit that happens in the programme that doesn't in the book, but a serious bit of note is uh, that Brady locks his own mum in the shed. Yeah, he does. <laughs> saying you'll be safe in there mum it won't be able to get you um but yeah i I thought that was a moment of nice domestic horror that we didn't get (laughs) in the book (laughs) because at this point he he he, you know his parents obviously don't believe there are werewolves and so it seems like you know he's just gone off the deep end believing in werewolves Mm -hmm. and um yeah so the really oddly i thought the tv adaptation of werewolf skin which is far the inferior book was much better yes and it was actually quite well directed yeah yeah like there's all sorts of fancy camera stuff going on (laughs) in werewolf skin like you get crane shots you get contra zooms (laughs) i was was ticking them off these these directors have gone to film school Um, so, do you want to explain the plot of Werewolf Skin? Yeah, I mean, I do I have mean, it, an irrelevant anecdote related to Fever Swamp, if we want to. Oh, is that is that the time you turned into a werewolf? <laughs> um, so, you know, Grady gets bitten by a snake. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it turns out he's fine. But it reminded me of this um, this book that I had as a kid. Um, it's called The TV Kid by Betsy Byers. And it was like this strange... Um, 
secondhand like paperback that I had that I never saw anywhere else. Um, but in it, the main character gets bitten by a rattlesnake. Um, and it has all these kind of hauntingly awful descriptions of like his legs swelling up and turning all kinds of colors and, um, it feeling his leg feeling like a sausage that was about to burst and stuff. Uh. Yeah. Um, so it just reminded me of that. The Grady really was fine. With, did that really stay with you as a kid? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, one of those ones that's really. <laughs> it's a very strange little book, um, and also the the main character lived in a motel, and I'd never heard of a motel before I read this book, um, and because we don't. What's it called again? Uh, the TV Kid. Hmm. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah. it's hard. It's hard with this podcast to know because you know there are some books which obviously are scary for kids, but clearly aren't intended as horror. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard to know how far to kind of stretch the formula, really. Mm. Uh, especially when there are so many Goosebumps books <laughs> morally and contractually obliged to read every exactly. every last one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, werewolf skin. So. Um, it's around Halloween and our protagonist Alex is staying with his aunt and uncle in uh, remote Wolf Creek which is a small town where the locals seem unusually interested in myths about werewolves um, he's warned to stay out of the woods at night and to stay away from the creepy neighbours next door but his curiosity gets the better of him um, and after seeing strange shapes in their house at night um, Alex at first believes that it's the neighbours the Marlings who are werewolves but then is shocked to discover that the Marlings don't exist and the werewolves are none other than his own aunt and uncle. And they're using the empty house next door to hide the werewolf skins they need to transform. Um, Alex and his friend Hannah wear the skins on Halloween to prevent his aunt and uncle transforming and the curse is lifted. And it seems like a happy ending until it's revealed that Hannah too is a werewolf and the last line of the story is her sinking her teeth into Alex's chest. Which isn't particularly foregrounded. Mm. It's not, you know, that he could have got a lot of dramatic irony out of this premise, but mm. yeah, like, like it, it feels like a fairly um, unsignposted reveal to me. Yeah, that Hannah's actually a werewolf. Like, there hasn't been much to illustrate that she's actually a werewolf mm -hmm. throughout the book. Um, yes, it, it, it was a bit a, cheap, a twist. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's sometimes one of the main weaknesses of Goosebumps, this sort of almost obsessive need to have twists all the time. Mm -hmm. um, like Especially like the the amount of chapters that try to end on cliffhangers. <laughs> I, some of them are just rubbish. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I feel like <laughs> it would be more readable if they didn't try to end every chapter on a cliffhanger. Um like you know, the kid's probably going to read the book anyway. You don't, you don't need to keep forcing them to read like that. Um, I think my favourite one, um, my favourite rubbish cliffhanger, was when in Werewolf Skin, where Alex gets hit on the back of the head by a bird's nest. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was a particularly rubbish one. <laughs> I remember, I think Rachel telling me that the one she always remembers as being particularly bad in one of the books. Um, it's, oh no, there's a monster at my door! And then the next chapter starts and it's just his dog wearing a mask. <laughs> like, his sibling has put a mask on the family dog. Yeah, 
<laughs> so yeah there are a lot of not very scary generally the formula in whale skin is ah it's a monster that's got me oh no it's just a human being who's touched me from behind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or possibly a bird's nest yeah. <laughs> or indeed a, a bird's nest with with hands <laughs> that would be, that would be scary. Um, um so yeah the sorry yeah um i was gonna say yeah that the main character spends a lot of this book being rather dense. Um, <laughs> and oh, oh, gee, that's a bit of a judgment call. <laughs> it, 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 it's, 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 it's hard when your aunt and uncle turn out to be werewolves. You know? uh, it just felt like there were... He, he failed to, to pick up on the, the werewolf theme <laughs> until fairly late. <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of characters telling him, yeah, werewolves definitely exist. I mean, even the teacher is like, yeah, werewolves, there are definitely werewolves here. And he's like, yeah, werewolves. Like, <laughs> pretty much every authority figure, like his aunt and uncle, like, he mentions werewolves. They're like, what? No, no, what, werewolves? Oh, don't mention werewolves. <laughs> he's like, huh, gee, I guess there aren't any werewolves. <laughs> yeah. But my issue mostly with the TV version was that Alex, I mean, he was quite irritating in the book, but he becomes an intolerably sassy child in the TV <laughs> episode. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he was wearing a backwards cap or if I just mentally edited that I, on. I don't think he was, but I think, you know, your brain just fills it in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, for one thing, in the book at least, he's somewhat redeemed by the fact that he genuinely seems to love photography, right? Mm. So he's... He's quite excited about taking a photo of a werewolf because, hey, you know, this is cool. And he likes going around the woods taking scary pictures. In the programme, it's made very obvious that he's only interested in this so he can enter a competition to get money. Mm. And he just says, yeah, and this will be, you know, $500 smackaroos or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, he, he he's foregrounded as incredibly cynical and he keeps making... Like, he doesn't even make, like, cutting or clever remarks. He just says things in a sarcastic voice. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to love it living here. <laughs> yeah. Great. I have to go to school in my holiday. <laughs> like, it's kind of, like, there's a kid like that, in the Like that sketch. kid in the hall sketch, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave Foley is stricken with this awful condition. Possibly, you can't tell, but he says it's that he has to say everything sarcastically. Yeah, uh, and but but no one knows whether this is true or not because he says it sarcastically. <laughs> no, really, I have to say everything sarcastically. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I think I I think poor Alex has this condition too. Mm. But, um, there was some nice uh, 90s hard rock on the soundtrack, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the bit where his uncle drives too fast. You get some real kind of rocking out on the soundtrack. Um, there's even extent, there's a bit where he takes a photo of some garden gnomes mm -hmm. um, to 90s hard rock music. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was pretty <laughs> extreme. Um, um, I related to his, him, uh, his city kid fascination with uh, nature. 
Oh, well, I'm not a city kid. I'm a I'm a nature kid. Yeah. Um, like... Well, a, vi- a, a village kid. So, uh... <laughs> but it's, I, I feel like, yeah, he's like, I'm a city kid. I seldom ever get to touch a tree. Like, <laughs> it, like, it reminded me of just like when I used to come and visit you. I'm like, <laughs> nature. My friend Lily also comes from London. And when she visited, like, there's a bus stop, you know, off the main road. And then you have to walk into the village, obviously. Mm. And... She's just like, it's so, I didn't realise it was so, it really is out in the countryside, isn't it? I was <laughs> yeah. like, well, I, I guess. It's like, she's like, like, it's really dark. I was like, yeah, it's the country. There's not a yeah. light here. It's just, a, it's a country lane. She's like, whoa. <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess I can't relate to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is me whenever I go to somewhere basically like, countryside <laughs> um there's sheep wow whenever you go to somewhere that isn't london yeah. <laughs> um. uh, you 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 london media types talking down to us <laughs> us rural folk you're like charlie brooker uh, i mean i live in glasgow but you do live in glasgow but i guess i'm still a london media type at heart <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's what the tabloid press would call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I liked that the program got more mileage out of the horror of the disembodied werewolf skins in the book. Oh yeah, it did really well. Like they, because um, he, it's slightly different um, in the TV show because he tries to to bury them in a grave. But they all start writhing around and kind of transforming, like in the bin bag, and it, trying to burst <laughs> out. And it's a, uh, yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, that was my favourite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've written stinky whale skins, and then dash in a bag, <laughs> and, and then and then after that, my next note is they exploded. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Yeah. They did explode. I don't really know how, but mm. yeah, the full moon hit them and they did explode. <laughs> yeah, and there's this So there's yeah, this uh this bit of werewolf lore that werewolf skin is named after that um uh that the they have to hide their skin their wolf skins during the day and then retrieve them at night to transform. And which is apparently an older sort of myth about werewolves but i'd never heard that particular framing before yeah R. R. Stein does do his research well, apparently yeah um which means that their transformation is actually pretty cool as they sort of put on these skins sort of as capes and then the capes kind of start to move and sort of curl around their bodies you know like yeah yeah and then sort of start to kind of merge with their flesh or it's like sort of shrink wrapping almost yeah and then this did the werewolf skin idea did inform a scary dream you had right the other day (laughs) yeah i just started reading the book i hadn't even got to the werewolf bit i think it was just the title werewolf skin and i had this dream that which was possibly eliza bell cray inspired that i was sort of with a group of people we're in this sort of dark rundown house and we had torches and we were sort of looking for something and then like I saw something move out of the corner of my eye and it was just a werewolf skin just 
sort of flopping, sort of slithering along the floor and like <laughs> kind of flopping sort of like a flounder, like on the ocean floor. And then it like slithered up a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I had a dream last night that my, my best friend was using sex magic um, in order to access a dark portal into another realm, and I was really annoyed at him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, don't do that. It's like, that's a really bad idea. Um, but I think both the enjoyment of both these books kind of pales in comparison uh, to give yourself goosebumps, which I really do think is the optimum form goosebumps should be in. It's very good, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that turning the goosebumps narrative second person and changing the book to a choose your own adventure format for some reason immediately lifts the quality of the Goosebumps book reading experience and makes it a lot more enjoyable. Well, it's because you have built-in cliffhangers, don't you? You just, you have to turn to a page, so, you know. Like... Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, that, I don't know why, that, that's a really good point, that it kind of naturalises somehow yeah, the, sort of... the cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of part of the experience, right? I think it's also that R.R. Stein's writing style often kind of relies on a lot of adjectives and um, onomatopoeia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's lots of splush yeah. or uh, bang and, yeah, these kind of sound effects which seem a bit cheesy in a non-choose-your-own-adventure book. Mm. But somehow, when it's second person and it's going for that kind of visceral immediacy, it actually makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, I admit that I didn't play the whole book, but... Well, I, I hope that at least every time you got to a bad ending, that you restarted again from the start, <laughs> reading every single word, as you are absolutely morally obliged to do. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Of course. Of course I did. Because what, what, what kind of monster... <laughs> Would would read a choose your own adventure book in any and other keep way. one yeah. finger in the last choice. I don't know. I don't know. Ugh, ugh, guy. I, I, I honestly felt a little. I, I'm not even lying. I just <laughs> a little, 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 little swell of anxiety in my chest. My chest tightened at that. Um, so that that now that's a childhood hang up. <laughs> I, I was. Yeah, no, th- this this time round, I was able to do it, but as a kid, no, <laughs> I had, like, way too much guilt to do that. Um, so I got to use my knowledge of um, Werewolf of Fever Swamp in Night in Werewolf Woods. Oh, well, they they do that. That's good. You're being you know uh, rewarded yeah. for your purchase your purchase power. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was uh, had a uh, a factoid about. Um, Werewolf of Fever Swamp that I definitely wouldn't have remembered if I hadn't literally just read it. Um, that helped me survive, at least for a few more pages. Awesome. Do you want to let people know what that is? It was a... Uh, it was like, what bird was, was killed in, in the swamp, in Werewolf of Fever Swamp? Was it a heron or a cardinal? It was I a heron. Heron, yeah. heron. Mm. <laughs> 
nice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I like that a pterodactyl sometimes somehow <gasps> finds. Did you get? To yes, I did. Yes, that's that was my main note that I fell down a bottomless pit that had a pterodactyl in it. Um, <laughs> which is <laughs> great. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's definitely the way to keep up the kids' interest in reading. <laughs> like just throw in a random dinosaur. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and then I met a de- demonic elevator operator. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, no, I quite like... Because it's like the Choose Your Own Adventure form kind of takes Goosebumps' worst excesses <laughs> to the max, but then kind of makes them better because mm. it's in a Choose Your Own Adventure form. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the whole plot doesn't really make any sense. It's just stuff happening. Yeah. Like, and then there's a dinosaur, and then there's evil elevator operation, and then there's scary werewolves, and they drooled on me, and I got drool on my face, and it was gross and disgusting. And then it was all a dream in, in one ending that I had. <laughs> um, uh, my my favourite ending, um, I don't, I haven't bookmarked it, but my favourite ending is you turn into a lantern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are lanterns hanging over, so this, this book... Um, is called Night in Werewolf Woods. And Woods World, where the book is set, is a kind of... It's not really a theme park. It's just like a campsite, basically. Mm. Um, and, yeah, at the entrance of Woods World, there are some paper lanterns hanging over <gasps> the entrance. And uh, in one of the endings, somehow your consciousness and bodily form shift and you end up becoming a paper lantern stuck over the entrance oh i remember that actually i don't remember anything else of this book but i remember turning into a paper lantern so i definitely read it yeah that was i think that's the best ending i think that's the real happy ending yeah getting to to be a paper lantern (laughs) <laughs> Definitely, a kind of medita- that's the that's the meditative kind of enlightened state to be. Mm. And and you know the book has this kind of nice theme of, so, you know I sort of mentioned that I some Goosebumps protagonists are kind of wise asses really, mm. like you know they make a lot of snarky comments and the you of Night in Wealth Woods is no different. Um, and he starts off making lots of snarky comments about the fact he's going to have to spend the week uh, with this nerdy boy he doesn't really like, mm. basically. Um, the child of family friends. And the whole book, you know, if you get to the good end, you end up becoming quite close and standing up for him and realising that nerdiness isn't something to be ashamed of. And, uh, in fact, the, the, the choice, one of the choices you have to make to win the book, um, to give it away, is to uh, try to feed the bullies who bullied your your friend, uh, to the werewolves. (laughs) I assumed on first reading that, no, the thing you should do is is to choose not to feed them to the werewolves, but no, no, that's a win. (laughs) You have to to say no, let them be eaten. Um, They Mm. they get out of it anyway, but Mm. uh, yeah, that is the the right decision. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so so the idea is that... um, your friend, his, his box of pewter figurines mm. has been stolen. A nice sort of velvet-lined box of little, I imagine, being like Warhammer figurines. Mm. are stolen away by these bullies, and you have to trek out a night to go find the figurines and rescue them and 
take them back from the werewolves who have stolen the figurines. It seems a bit odd. Yeah. Like, I guess werewolves like Warhammer too. Mm. Presumably they play as... I was going to say chaos, but maybe there is a werewolf. I don't know. I'm, I'm really... I'm getting on to, you know, dodgy territory trying to talk about Warhammer because I don't know my stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's someone listening right now who's like clenching their teeth. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of Warhammer books. I know that. So you've got to, you've got to be careful about your Warhammer law. <laughs> But anyway, these figures are stolen for some reason by the werewolves, and and they who who write a rhyme about it, which, mm, like, mm. which I I think I've remembered off by heart, which I didn't try to do. I will add, I, I didn't <laughs> prepare for this episode trying to remember it off by heart, but I think it's something like the werewolves of Woods World. They love to see red, so the box that was yours is now their box instead. The werewolves <laughs> of Woods World um, disappear at dawn. So you must find the box before the night is gone. <laughs> hmm. I mean, they're wolves, so... Yeah, they're wolves. Convin- they're not poets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not um, William Wolvesworth. Hmm. Hmm. Um. <laughs> I, that, that's the only wolf poet. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, uh, there are, there, there, well, as, as we were saying, there aren't many famous wolf poets. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, fighting fantasy, by the way, um, oh, yeah. Mackie recently bought a couple of them in, oh, for us cool. to play together, <laughs> including House of Hell, which I think definitely comes under our remit. House of Hell is brutally hard i'm still not have you completed it no i'm not wholly convinced that it's completable yeah like i spent i spent many an hour attempting house <laughs> of hell <laughs> like i'm not sure i you know i, I mean mm. i want to trust uh, steve jackson and ian livingstone but I'm not House of Hell. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm honest. Um, but yeah, House of Hell is quite. Um, I mean, you know, it's very much for teens. That one. It's got. It's got human mm. sacrifice. And yeah. No. Uh, I, well, we were. We were human sacrificed, and uh, hu- and there was a half naked lady. Yeah. Human sacri- Yeah. Gosh. <sighs> there's some. There's some teen rated content in that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like some of the later Fighting Fantasy books where they get really weird and experimental and just way too overambitious, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they try to integrate, like, spells and things. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, and there are some which get really, you know, where you sort of go through different astral realms and things. Mm. But, um, I mean, we, especially Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure books definitely had a big impact on me. I made my own product placement uh, evermore. <laughs> Choose your own Edgar Allan Poe uh, game you can play on online in Twine. Um, yeah, I'll put a note to it in there, a link to it in oh, the show is notes. That, is that right? I think that's okay. It's it's definitely all right. That's all right. I mean, not many people have played it, and I spent hundreds of hours making it. So, and it's very good. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but that's uh, Edgar Allan Poe themed, uh, massive. Uh, it really is very big. Choose basically. Um, me and well, me and you 
not not you, the listener. That would be odd. You would have gone. <laughs> Me and Ren, Ren and I came up with the idea of doing this big choose and adventure twine game based on Edgar and Poe books. And this is a great idea. I really enjoyed doing it, but I didn't realise quite how many stories Edgar and Poe had written, mm. and how many of them aren't really horror stories. Yeah. Like, how many of them are kind of rubbish comedy stories that might have been funny to some Victorian, maybe, but even then, really aren't very funny. Um, but mm. because I'm so perfectionist, I had to include all of them as well. So I wow. think it includes, like, all but maybe three of Poe's hundred or so stories. So, yeah, it's... Wow. It's pretty It's pretty big. I need to, I need to play some more. I have, I have played... An amount of it, but I'm sure yeah. there's a lot more that. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my my coding got better and more ambitious as it went on. Mm. So it's like the further you get into the game, the more interesting it gets. <laughs> I, I was able to do a lot a lot more with the HTML and start using CSS more. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, if you want the really cool hypertext effects, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if, and if you want some cool ASCII art, you really, really need to oh, venture I do. into it. Yeah. I do. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, goosebumps. I would say, if you've never read them, um, you could pick up one of the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure readers beware. Hmm. Give yourself goosebumps books. Um, are a lot of fun, but. From the ones we looked at today, I wouldn't bother. Um, but possibly if we look at more in the future, mm. uh, like the like the ghost next door, maybe yeah. uh, maybe we'll reappraise and uh, you know can more thoroughly recommend them. Yeah. Mm. I would say Werewolf Fever Swamp and Werewolf Skin are probably for collectors only, or you know really best read for nostalgia purposes. Yeah. Or, or possibly if you are a child. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Or if you're a child. Uh, <laughs> uh, ha- ha- hello, child. I'm glad you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> um. no, I'm, not very, I'm not very good with kids. <laughs> cool. Um, do you have a Goosebumps appropriate sign off for us uh, I guess listener beware you've just had a scare yeah or you've just had a lot of 90s references Mm -hmm. that scared you because you didn't get them yeah (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) our theme music is by Maki Yamazaki Uh, outro music is by Joe Kelly and our artwork is by Letty Wilson if you like this episode and feel like it leave us a nice review on itunes um and we're on twitter at still scared pod all right see you next time <laughs> bye